to Piedmont International Church and Piedmont Community Church, and um, it's a fun time this morning. Pastor Rich, thanks for leading worship. That was just, um, it was good. It was it was life-giving and, and um, just good. I, I mean, I enjoyed that so much, so thank you so much for that. And um, I realized yesterday um, we had a Piedmont International Church, we had a meeting, a stakeholders meeting just to talk about the church merger and then other things coming up. And um, I just I realized that maybe I should give a little bit more background for, for everyone before I get into the word. But, but before I do that, I just want to invite everyone, both churches to come this Friday to game night. And so um, one game that wasn't mentioned, I mentioned yesterday was Monopoly Deal which is a card game of Monopoly. And my girls were up this morning at 7.30 playing and practicing. And they are tough. They are real tough with that. So I don't know if you know that game or not. We'll teach you that game. Um, and then on the 12th, we, we just want to kind of cross lines a little bit and just fellowship and have that extended time along the way. And so um, it's an honor to stand before all of you this morning. Um, Pastor Rich and I have probably known each other about well, 14 years or so. Um, I've heard a lot about Rich um, and Meredith, his wife, um, for years when we were in China, um, just being on staff at, at Kings Park International Church in Durham. And then I met him in China. He came with a team, and I think it was the first time we really met, and uh, we got to hang out for a couple days. We had these pastors, Chinese pastors, who have millions in their movement. And um, I know Pastor Rich and who was with you? There was someone, Don Shen, who was filming their stories, basically, and, and then they were encrypting them. And then they were, and there was all this technology going on. I thought it was so cool and so neat, you know, um, behind enemy lines. And, I, and let me just say this. There's a lot going on in China that we don't hear about right now. But people in our city, in, in Guangzhou, are, are, are being heavily persecuted right now. Their meetings are being shut down. Their small group meetings are being shut down. The police are coming. And so just keep that in prayer. We don't hear about a lot of that. And I know there's other countries that's taking place as well. But Rich and I, we reconnected earlier this year. Actually, I think I called you maybe about a year ago. And you said, Man, I'm in Chicago right now. And um, just seeing what the Lord does with that. But I think in May, Rich and I connected. And we, we sat down and we had some lunch and just began to reconnect. Just pastor to pastor. Sometimes pastors need other pastors just to talk to and who understand the work of the ministry and, and all that. And so we really didn't know each other too well, um, but we really just lay our hearts out that day and just begin to form a relationship that was much deeper than, than in the past. And one question I think Rich asked me, Pastor Rich asked me was, can we use your church to begin to meet? Because we're in High Point. We want to be in Greensboro, closest to, closer to the college campus and we said, sure, we would love for that. And so in August, that, that meeting, not meeting, you guys begin to use our facility. And then last month, we had lunch again. And, and Rich, uh, Pastor Rich, sorry, I keep saying Rich. So used to calling you by your first name. But want to honor and respect you as well. So Pastor Rich um, brought up the topic of what would it look like if we came together as churches? You know, it seems like we have a, a common heart, a common vision. Um, and it would just maybe be a beautiful thing for us to do and and. You know, I want to say yes right there, like, yes, absolutely, let's do this. But it involves a lot, you know, involves congregations. It involves, is the Lord in it? And, and I'm going to let the cat out of the bag and say, I believe the Lord is in this process. And um, I'm excited about this, but we also still want to hear from the Lord. And so this is kind of the courtship time, I guess you could say, of saying, okay, Lord, how do we worship together? How, how do we get along? What, is there any red flags that come up in the process of us moving forward over the next four, six, seven weeks? I think by mid-December, something along those lines, making a decision at that point. And 
honestly, like I said, so far so good, and, and I'm excited about this, but they're a little more formal now that we enter into this courtship time, and I'm excited to see what God does. And so ask questions. I said this yesterday to those who came to the stakeholders meeting, and I'm sure you would say the same to, to, to your church, is ask questions. Um, if, you, if you have a question, come and ask me. There's an open door. We'll certainly answer it in whatever capacity that we can answer it to the best of our knowledge. And, and there's some questions they asked me I didn't know that I need to talk to you about and get back to some people, um, just simple things. But along the lines, um, it's good that we're exploring this. And, and I'm going to talk about that this morning. Um, you know, in, in one of the things, being a pastor, there's many things you get to do in the office of a minister, but probably the most exciting, fun thing that I feel like I get to do is officiate weddings. And it's not really the moment of, of the ceremony. It's really everything that leads up to that moment of the ceremony. The, the premarital counseling is what I really, really enjoy is to sit down with someone and it not just be a 30-minute meeting, but it, it can be an hour, hour and a half, and, and intentional that we go through a number of chapters each time that we meet in, in a, a certain material that we use, that we talk about why marriage. You know, sometimes that's a no-brainer, why marriage? But we, we begin to talk about that in the context of the Bible. And then in the material we use, there's a chapter that says one plus one equals one. And, and I think there's such beauty in that of what marriage really is, is that you have one person who's being added with another person who create one. But each side of the sum, I need Shonda and, and Mike to help me here. Not, I know the quotient's the answer, but the one and the one doesn't lose their distinctiveness in any way. They're still individual beings. They're still individual bodies, but as they come together, there's an overlaying of a common heart and common vision, but there's strengths that, that complement the other person. And there's weaknesses that are compensated as well by the person. And there's a mirroring of Christ that takes place. And so when, when Rich and I um, had met that day and, and I got in my car and was driving back from Kernersville and I was trying to keep it on the interstate because I was so excited, it, this image of, of the wedding came to mind and, and um, I was like, Lord, this is, this is really what I believe God is doing for us is bringing us together in the same context of a marriage. And the idea of a marriage is that you have two healthy bodies coming together to form a union. You know, it, you certainly, and that's why we do premarital counseling a lot of times, is, is to say, are there red flags? Is now the right time? Is, is there something here that needs to be, you know, counseled or dealt with before marriage takes place? And I think that's important to understand as we begin to merge or talk about this is there's two healthy church bodies coming together. There's church bodies. Each church body has its strengths and it has its, its weaknesses, I guess you could say, or challenges that are there. Um, but as we come together, it can form even a greater union of, of what God may do and can do here in the triad and so forth. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning. Um, and really answer the question, not really answer the question, but throw it out and us begin to answer the question as we go forward is, are we better together? And as I said, I, I believe we are. Um, just to let you know, kind of, and we got an amen in the back on that one, right? So out of the mouth of the youth, absolutely. Just to kind of let you know the schedule, Pastor Rich is going to be speaking next week, and then uh, I think I'm scheduled to speak the week after that, um, and then we'll, we'll go from there. I know you have a friend coming from Chicago at the end of the month. Uh, Rich has, uh, has merged with a church also in Chicago, um, very, two very diverse different churches, and so that pastor and his wife are going to be here, and they're going to share 
to us, speak to us about what maybe all that's like in, ter- in terms of that at the end of, of thanks not the end of Thanksgiving, but Thanksgiving weekend and so forth. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for what you're doing. We thank you so much for who you are. Lord, I pray that you just continue to open our hearts and minds as you speak to us this morning. May your word encourage us and challenge us. And we honor you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want to open up your Bibles this morning, we're going to be in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. We're going to get there in, in a few moments. But this is a common wedding passage, chapter 4, that, that is read many times. And it's really talking in the context of relationship, but it pertains so well to marriage. That's why it's, it's found many, many times um, during the wedding ceremony. But I was remembering a movie this week that I'm going to date myself a little bit, 20 years ago, because I remember I was at the end of college and all. There was a movie that came out um, about this guy who was a sports agent, and he had this one client, because he broke off from the firm or whatever, that was going to be his, his money ticket guy. But there's, there's a woman in the movie, and I can't remember the details. It was his partner or secretary or something. And they had a relationship that they, they were falling in love. But there was, like any Hollywood movie, there's some problems and different things. You don't like this movie, do you? It's, okay. <laughs> you, can, you can leave if you need to. But... Uh, but at the end, as he comes back t- to realize that she's the one, he gives this little speech, and it ends with this one line, I think, you complete me. Right, you don't have to give me the speech. But this idea that you complete me. Now, I get that in, in the context that, that of Hollywood, that, hey, there's this hole in my heart, you're the one that's going to fill that hole and vice versa. I have a hole in my heart. You're the one that's going to fill that hole and we're going to live happily ever after, all that stuff. But I think there's a fallacy in that. A lot of times when we talk about marriage, when we talk about natural marriage, there's the idea that you have to be married in order to be made complete, complete even in Christ, that, that, that your spouse is someone who's going to complete you, that someone is, is going to, to make you who God has designed you to be. But I don't think that's really accurate to what the Word of God tells us. In fact, um, Romans 5, 1 and uh, yeah, five chapter, chapter 5, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Here Paul's writing to the individual. Yes, he's writing corporately to Israel, to the Jews and to the Gentiles, and, and he's talking about how everyone falls short of the glory of God. But yet in that, each person has to make their own decision to come to Christ. Each person has to say, yes, I'm going to believe, yes, Christ has forgiven me my sin. Christ says there's grace and there's mercy. I am a sinner. I receive Christ as a free gift of salvation. It doesn't have any clause here. Therefore, since you have been declared righteous by faith, since you're married, we have peace with God. It's, it's to the individual. Paul also writes to Colossians, the church in, in, to the Colossian church, and he says this in chapter 2, For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ. And you've been filled by him. The NIV NIV says you've been made complete, who is head over every ruler and authority. So the idea, what Paul's saying is Jesus Christ fills us. Jesus Christ makes us full because we receive him in, in all of who he is. When we pray 
to receive him into our hearts or we come into that relationship with him. The fullness of Christ is within us. Yes, we're being sanctified. We're a new creation. The, the old has gone, the new has come, but yet there's a still a sanctification that takes place. But we're full in Christ. We're filled. We're complete in Christ. Everything that's necessary is there as we continue to walk with God. And I think that's important for us to understand. Now, why do I bring this up? Because, again, as, as we talk about the context of merging together, and I've already said this, is, is we have two healthy bodies that are coming together. One, one is not limping through. One is not dying. One is not this or that in any way. But we're coming together for a greater purpose and a greater cause. And that's what's exciting. That's really what marriage is about. It's really what any relationship is about. That as, we, as you come together into a relationship, there's a greater power, there's a greater purpose. There's a greater glory that can be given to God in that. And that's the context of how I want us to explore it this morning. And so you've heard that one can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. It talks again about the power of togetherness, the power of relationship and, and so forth that comes with that. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12 says this. It says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. For if either falls, his companion can lift him up. But pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. Also, if two lie down together, they can keep warm. But how can one person alone keep warm? And if someone overpowers one person, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. You know, these verses speak of that, the importance of relationship. Yes, again, it's, it's most commonly read or known maybe in the, in the marriage ceremony, but it pertains to all relationships. It's true. You know, we, we don't walk through life by ourselves. We're, we're enhanced by other relationships. We're challenged by other relationships. We're encouraged by other relationships. And so I just want to look at these verses in the context of what it looks like as, as us exploring this merger together. Verse 9 says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. Two are good. There's, there's greater return for their labor. Now, I don't mind cleaning up the kitchen in my house. You know, a lot of times with Carrie being in school and having a couple of night classes or class a couple of nights a week, she'll cook dinner early. By the time I get home, dinner's cooked. We'll be eating real quick. And then she's out the door going to class and I'll look over and I'll just see the counter filled with all these dishes. And I'm like, ooh, we just get to throw them in the dishwasher. And you open the dishwasher and it's full. And you're just like, oh, now we've got to unload the dishwasher. And it can take 30 or 40, an hour, you know, something along those lines to do if you're doing it individual. And I'll kind of rally the troops. Kids, less, less than five or 10 minutes, knock out the kitchen. So an hour versus five or 10 minutes. And usually we can get it, we can get it done fairly quick. One's, one's unloading the dishwasher, one's wiping off the table, one's sweeping, one's re reloading the dishwasher and so forth. So that's what this verse talks about is there is a good return for the labor as, as you come together in, in, in a partnership, in, in an agreement, in, in a relationship. And, and for us, as we explore this merger, it's not necessarily a coming together that we have more resources to do the work in the house. Yes, there's chores and things that we do in the house, such as children's ministry. And that's not a chore. That's, that's definitely um, breathing life and, and teaching into the new generation. 
or a younger generation. There's greeting, there's ushering, there's worship. These things are vital and important for what we do on Sunday morning as, as we come together to be recharged and then sent back out into the world. But really where the labor and the power comes from, from working together is as we go out into the world to fulfill the mission that God has given us. And interesting, and as Rich and I have talked, that um, we know there's a common heart, there's a common vision and mission, but he sent me kind of the formal written part of it this week, and, and we were looking at it yesterday, and we were overlaying it with our own vision, PIC's vision, and they're really the same. Piedmont Community Church's vision and, and mission is really almost exactly the same, if not the same, as Piedmont International Churches, maybe worded a little bit different, but discipleship and evangelism, the heart to go and tell others and to disciple, to teach them, the, the heart to fulfill the great commandment, to love God. We, it's above our door in the lobby, to honor God and to love people, the great commandment. And then we feel like there's an impact to the nations that take place as a result of that. There's a greater reward as our labor comes together and, and there's more power to go out into the world. One thing that, that Piedmont Community Church has a great heart for, which is also our heart, but maybe it's a little more uh, detailed, is a heart for the younger generation, for youth and for college and for, for young professionals. And, and this church, Piedmont International Church, was started in that vein. And so many of us have been touched on campus ministry that we understand the importance of that. That there's, there's a, a foothold or there's, there's even more of a foothold. There, there's, there's something going on at UNCG that God is doing. And so there's a beauty that's there. And how much greater to have more labor, more people praying, more people willing to go and so forth. And there's other things that we're doing as people at your national church, such as Dartmouth and going into this, this apartment complex and community. It's just right, right over here by, outside of our doors. There's even more and greater return for the labor of, of evangelizing and discipling and loving others that comes from this verse, and that's what excites me. One thing I say in, in wedding ceremonies is something like this. You both possess greatness separately as individuals. Piedmont International Church possesses greatness as an individual um, church. Piedmont Community Church possesses greatness as an individual church. And then I, and I follow up with this, and now you will see God's promises fulfilled through you as you combine your strengths to exponentially produce great things for God as he joins you together. And I believe that wholeheartedly, that, that as God merges us together, that there's going to be a greater strength, there's going to be a momentum, there's going to be a freshness, there's going to be a resetting of so many things that there's things that, that both churches could certainly do in, in a certain period of time, but as we come together, I think we're going to see a catalyst-type type thing happen, and there's going to be an exponential return for our labor. Verse 10, it says, If either of you falls, his companion can lift him up, but pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. And it speaks of, of one who, who will carry the other. And we, we preached some sermons here at Piedmont International Church a few years ago about carrying the mat, Luke chapter 5, that, that the story of, of the man who, who couldn't walk, um, who was paralyzed on the corner, and his, and his friends were going by to see Jesus, and they picked up his mat and they carried him to Jesus. And the house was surrounded. And, and they didn't just say, lay him down and say, hey, man, we tried. They, they busted through the crowd. They went up the steps and, and they, they began to break up the roof of this house and lower him down. And in fact, I believe what the word says is that your friend's faith, not the man's faith, but your friend's faith 
has healed you. And it talks about that power that we have in relationship, that if one falls, we can pick the other up. We can encourage. We can, we can, we can challenge at times. There's such a beauty that comes as, as there's an, an addition to the body with different gifts and different talents and so forth. There's times when we need our mat carried, when, when we're down and we need someone to lift us up. And yes, that can be done in the presence of two people. It can be done in the presence of 10 or 15. But, but, but when you add even more and there's such diversity within that, there's just a beauty of, of greater encouragement and greater lifting up and so forth. And there's times when you will carry the mat of someone else. That's what this verse speaks of. And so I believe that's also a great thing that that may come forth um, from this. Verse 11 speaks of warmth. It says, if two lie down together, they can keep warm. But how can one person keep warm alone? Or one person alone keep warm. The Knights of Palestine are cold and, and they're not, we may be experiencing over this next week some of the, the chilliness and, 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 and all that comes with that. But usually just the outer garments are kept on and, and, and you sleep in, in, in that way, at least in this context of, of Ecclesiastes. And, and so if you had a buddy, you had someone who was close to you, there would be that warmth that would be shared. And, and of course, you wouldn't shiver all through the night. Warmth in, in the context of us, I think, is, is the warmth of our relationships. Rich has told me Piedmont International, not Piedmont, Piedmont Community Church is a multi-ethnic church. There's seven different ethnic backgrounds. Piedmont International Church has a number of ethnic backgrounds too. I can't remember how many, but I would say close to 14, if not more than that. I don't know how much overlap there is within that, but we can, we can certainly say 20 ethnic backgrounds. You can look around, you can see the diversity that is here. The warmth that that speaks of, I think, in so many ways as we learn culture and backgrounds and experiences of each person, it broadens our horizon in so many ways. We get to see how other people from, from other cultures may worship differently or, or experience. I grew up in the mountains, and my wife and I are very different sometimes in the way that we worship and the way that we approach God, 120 miles away. Part, and we have such diversity within us. Now, I know she has some Midwestern influence in her, thanks to her mom and stuff, and that may be, that may be some of the, the barrier that is there. But anyway, there's, there's warmth, though. <laughs> Did you see how I slid that in? <laughs> but the warmth of, of us coming together in unity, and it's really only Christ that can weave us together within that. There's a picture in heaven a picture of in heaven, a picture in revelation of heaven, of every tribe, every nation, every people group, bowing before the Lord and worshiping. And it doesn't have to be in heaven. It can be here on earth. Psalm 123 says how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters live together in harmony. It's like, it's like the oil flowing down on Aaron's beard. It's just this rich picture of just the beauty of the anointing oil that's upon that. But yet, There's work in this as well. Yes, there's warmth that comes through these relationships and all, but there's also differences. There's one of my favorite proverbs that says, where there's no oxen, the manger is clean. It implies that that where there's going to be oxen, there's going to be some stuff that you're going to have to shovel and and clean up and, and do all that. People are people. We are people, and, and there's there's gonna be times when we don't understand each other. 
But if we're committed to building the relationship, we're committed to going deeper, the warmth that that speaks to, not only to us as a congregation, as maybe one coming together as one congregation, but to the world outside who is very divided, who is very much against everyone in, in some ways, it begins to speak to the world out there that, yes, there can be unity, there can be harmony as Christ weaves us together. And I think there's such a beauty in that as well. Verse 12 speaks of the power of togetherness. It says, If someone overpowers one person, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. One thing I'd say, something along the lines in the wedding ceremony, says, You both were strong before this marriage, but now you'll be stronger as you come together. There's, there's a greater use of the gifts. There's so many things that, that my wife has gift-wise, strength-wise that I don't have that I have just a little bit of because I've been around her for 20-plus years. A compassion that she has, a big heart. There's times I'm like, just write that person off. They don't deserve it. And she's like, no, we're called to walk in love. And I'm like, yeah, I am. Okay, you're right. You're right. I'm just being transparent and honest in, in, in those. I'm not that bad of a person. You know that. <laughs> Really? <laughs> All right. <laughs> but every guy should be saying amen right there because you know, you know we all married up in terms of that. We have some fine, fine women in this church, in both churches I know. But there's that, there's that togetherness that, that really speaks of, of that, that Yes, there's a strength that, that each of us have as individuals. We see that in marriage. But as you come together, there's, there's even a greater strength. There's a complementing of, of those strengths. There's also a complementing of those weaknesses that you may have to where you grow in that. And, and that's a beauty that is there as well. I think, you know, as, as we begin to, to worship together more, you're going to see the complementary parts of those strengths. And you're going to see those things that we may call each other up in in certain ways, whether it's a system or whether it's a way of doing something or whether it's digging deeper in relationship and building community. And I think that's, that's, that's just amazing um, in, in, in the way that can work out. You know, we can clearly see that, you know, when, when two people come together, there's, there's a beauty of strength, there's a beauty of power, there's a beauty of, beauty of fulfilling a greater vision and mission. There's not a dying of one person in a marriage. The one plus one equals one talks about the uniqueness that lies there within a person. And as they add to the other person in a marriage, there's, there's still a one. There's a one heart, one vision, one mission going forward. But the distinctives remain the same. Yes, because there's such love and compassion and, and, and common heart, there's an overlay of that that looks very similar in so many ways. But I just want to make that clear um, as we explore this. There, there is not a dying of one side to the other. It, um, there's a beauty that, that comes forth. But yes, there are certain things that must take place in a marriage. There, you know, there's things in a house. You have two households that then have to be merged together. And, and there's a logistical thing that begins to happen of saying, you know, maybe we don't need this. Or, wow, that's great. Let's, let's incorporate that in. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a name issue that takes place many times. You know, when, 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 a, when a wife takes on the name of her husband, there's not a dying to herself. In fact, there's a gaining of a whole new tribe that comes with that, which has, again, strengths and, and some challenges with that. There's, there's the beauty that is there within that. There's identifying of a common vision. The benefits that I see in so many ways is that the church wins. The church, the body of Christ, wins 
because there's greater strength and there's greater momentum. The body of Christ wins and benefits because there's a corporate witness that goes out to the world that, hey, Sunday morning doesn't have to be divided and split into these different groups and different things. There's, There's a coming together within a local church. There's a group who's willing to say, let's do it. There's benefits and there's going to be costs, but we're willing to say the benefits far outweigh the costs. There's a local community that benefits as a church is better able to serve the local community. And I believe the kingdom of God benefits because it grows through a life-giving congregation. Are we better together? I believe we are, but we'll continue to explore this as we move forward. I think, you know, in anything, there requires work. I've said this to, to PIC because I heard this at a conference recently that, that success has a, a first cousin named struggle. Nothing is easy. And we know that sometimes that first year of marriage is not the easiest of, of, of things. It's, there's beauty in it, and I'm not painting it as a, as, as a negative. But as you begin to consolidate lives together, there's some conversations, there's things that you have to begin to talk through and, and walk through. And that would certainly take place, just to be honest and real, as, as we come together as a body. But as, as Pastor Rich and I have taught, I fully believe that the benefits far outweigh the costs. The benefits of what God can do through us as we move forward, I think is going to be a beautiful thing. It's going to be beauty in the body of Christ. It's, it's, it's going to have so many benefits as we move forward. And so that's kind of all I had to say about that. Forrest Gump, right? <laughs> I just want to see if there's any questions. I know sometimes formally on a Sunday morning, it's hard to, to say, hey, I got a question about this or that because in the large group, I know we all have our own ways of, of interacting and stuff like that. But are there any questions? Are there any thoughts um, as we move forward with this? Okay. There may be, come and talk to me. You can talk to Pastor Rich. We want this to, to be just a beautiful thing that gives God glory. In, in its fullness. And so um, there, there's, there's no bad comment. There's no bad question. So, so please ask those as we move forward. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for who you are. Lord, we thank you so much that, that we can come together and worship you in one heart and one mind. We thank you, Father, for just what you're doing in our midst. Lord, we thank you that each and every day that you guide us step by step. Lord, we thank you for the wisdom um, that you have. We thank you for the love that you have. We thank you for the grace that you have. We thank you, Lord, that you're all-knowing and that you're almighty, but yet you love each one of us so much. And, Lord, we just give both of these churches, Piedmont International Church and Piedmont Community Church, to you, Lord. We pray, Father, that you have your way with your churches, that you have your way with your body, Lord. Lord, we, we thank you so much for the potential of, of what we're talking about, the beauty of, of what, what I believe is going to be a great and mighty and beautiful thing, Lord. We, we thank you for that. But Lord, we, we want to continue to hear your heart, hear your voice. We want to hear confirmation along the way. Lord, I thank you so much 
um, for what you continue to do. We honor you, Lord. I pray just a blessing over each person, over each person in this room, just your blessing, Lord, a blessing of health, a blessing of life, Lord, a blessing of, of just your grace and your mercy, Lord. I pray this week, Father, each one of us may engage in your presence like never before as we sang that last song. Lord, may we love your presence. May we desire your presence as the deer pants for the water. Lord, let us just come and dwell in your presence. Let us just sit at your feet, at the feet of you, crawl up on your lap, lean back against you, Lord. Cry out to you, Abba Father. Speak to us through your word. Speak to us as, as we pray, as we worship, as we meditate, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing. Lord, I pray for those who aren't here this morning, who are experiencing sickness. Um, pray just healing in Jesus' name over their bodies, Lord. Touch them, Lord. Just touch them and, and, and just health. In Jesus' name, Lord, we honor you and we thank you. And we honor you and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. amen.